Hey, AV Clubbers, this is your senior editor, John Tatey, and it is time for the triumphant return of Mom on Pop, the podcast where my mom, Bonnie Tatey, opines on all sorts of pop culture. But Mom, it's been a while since you opined, and where the heck have you been? Well, I have been mostly here at home, but a large part of my time has been spent in the lovely facilities of the Dartmouth-Hitchcock Medical Center. Are they lovely? They really are. They they really are. They're very comfortable, and and they. I couldn't recommend this place more highly to anyone. So we began the year uh, as normal. I think we were recorded a podcast or two, and then um, we were gone for a while. So take us back to January or whenever this started to happen, and tell us what happened and uh, your travails along the way, if you don't mind. It was January. And I was pretty much tra-la-laing through my life when I had an episode of um, like a gastric thing, you know, like an acid reflux thing. And Mm -hmm. I ended up going to my doctor who said, oh, you have a norovirus. I was pretty skeptical. I was very nauseous and very, um, uh, pretty much that was it. And Mm -hmm. I've heard that noroviruses are your vomiting and you have diarrhea, none of which I had. Yeah, boy, I got one of those last year, and it was awful. Did you? Yeah. Ugh. So, I, you know, I just you go along with it because what the hell? This is my doctor, you know. Mm-hmm. So she said, but let's get a scan because scans are like the new tonsillectomies of the elderly. <laughs> they, they always want to do one, you mean? Everybody wants to do one on you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know what it is. Let's do a scan. So I went over to the hospital, and as it turns out, she had the dire diagnosis of, oh, you have a mass in your stomach, oh. of which I immediately said, well, I got two years to live, and pretty much turned into a plate of mashed potatoes. And this is the irresponsibility, irresponsibility, I think, and why I have all new doctors down the line. Mm. So... As it turns out, what I have is something that most of the nurses, even in the hospital, had never heard of, and it is called uh, GIST. That stands for gastrointestinal, um, and here's where I just kind of lost interest, stroma something tumor. I don't know what that <laughs> third word is. Okay. Uh, by this time, I was pretty much useless, and Dad was taking care of everything. But what it actually is, is a it's malignant. And it, it, but it's all self-contained. So how they get it out is they make four holes in your abdomen. They insert a Teflon bag and put the gist with a very small margin, like a, like a, one of those little flicks on the ruler. Mm. And that's all. And that's what they take. So they wrap so, the bag around the this tumor, and the, what do they just sort of seal up the bag and? pull it out and and pull it out wow okay yeah and it doesn't infect your it doesn't spread to your lymph nodes or anything it's just a self-contained mass of horror right right so they take it out and i think i was in the hospital for two days and they sent me on my way and, you know, such a relief, and boy, if you have to have cancer, that is the one to get. And let me just say, it isn't as fun as it all sounds. I know I'm really <laughs> making it sound like something we all wish we could plan a vacation for. It isn't that great. 
No, I don't imagine. Well, you were very, uh, I mean, you were very weak often through these months, and I know you were spending a lot of your days just nauseous and without much energy. Isn't isn't that right? Yes. And really forcing myself to eat, I was just so nauseous, but I was really determined to maintain what I could, although it was, it slipped away very quickly. You don't use it, you lose it. And I really lost a lot of strength. Hmm. And that was, you know, and I said, all right, we've survived. Um, yay, let's go. Let's try and get on with life. And, and it was very frustrating because there's, because they go in there and it's, it is arthroscopic, they still are in there moving everything around so, well, nothing works. You know, you've been medicated. You've been... After the surgery, you mean. After the surgery. Right. So, you know, it's, it's to even go number one doesn't work properly. Right, it's right. Just, there's no muscle tone and things are very sporadic and it's just odd. It's just an odd way to live. And it becomes, you know, this is, this is what I'll obsess on now. Oh my God! You know, I survived cancer, but God forbid I should be constipated for three days. So, <laughs> I don't know. Your world becomes a very odd place with something like that. Yeah, your standards. And I never really, Go ahead. I never, I never embraced the cancer. So to, I don't even know how to tell people because it's really like, you know, you had a, you had a tootsie roll that somebody told you about, and then they took it away, and now it doesn't matter. Right. There's, there's like a. There's like a two percent chance that it could ever happen again, and well, that's, that's it. Good odds. Well, I'm glad to hear that. It doesn't sound like you really think of yourself as a cancer survivor. Then I don't. Yeah. I really don't. I, I think there's people that go through as horrible as this was for me. I just think there's people that go through much, much more. Yeah, that's just what I think. You know, there's no, there's no um, chemo. There's no radiation. They just whoop the whole thing out, and that's it. I think that attitude has uh, helped you recover as rapidly as you have. You think? I just don't know if it's ignorant or... I mean, that's how I think, so... No, I, I think know. it's a very... No, I think it's a very smart perspective. I think a lot of people would get caught up in the drama of a cancer diagnosis, and, you know, justifiably so. I couldn't really... If, right. If, if you were upset and existentially uh, troubled by this, I wouldn't blame you. But I think that your perspective is is right. I think that we uh, we all got uh, lucky on this one, so to speak. Right. Right. If you're going to get cancer, get a gist. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, I also have um, epilepsy, which I haven't, which I control with a um, pills, but. And I haven't had a, a seizure for probably 30 years, mm. so I don't hardly even think about that. However, um, there were some complications from the surgery, and they raised my dose and for a little while. Of but the epilepsy thought, medication. Right. Yeah. Nobody thought to reduce it again. So I found myself back at DHMC with double vision and dizziness and no balance. Um, oh, man, because and, of the overdose. I mean, it was basically right. an overdose then of the epilepsy medication, oh, I was, right? Oh, I was toxic. I had, the normal range is from 10 to 20 points. I usually run at nine points because it's been so long. I, I myself give myself the dose that I, over the years, have convinced people that that's what I need, mm -hmm. being a neurologist myself. <laughs> um, but when I went to the hospital... 
uh, my range was 43 points. Oh, my God. Double the high end. Horribly. Oh, my God. And I went in, and the doctor came in, and he said, well, uh, usually we work from the front back. We would start with your eyes and move back. He said, but we know it's not your eyes, so we're going to start at the back with your brain. Mm. And I just said, holy effing Christ. (laughs) Are you kidding me? So I had a CAT scan. That was normal. And then I had, this is a lovely procedure too, a lumbar puncture. Oh, yeah, I've had, I've had that. You were there for when I had that, in fact. No, the time I was with you when they wanted to do one, I said, no, you cannot do one. So, so, uh, you're talking about a spinal tap, right? Or is this something different? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where did you have one of those done? Don't you remember when they thought I had meningitis? And uh, Yes, but we didn't let them do it. They did it. Boy, I remember it, Ma. Jeez, Johnny, I called Daddy, and he said no, and I went back, and I said, no, you can't do it. You didn't have one. I'm sorry. This is my this is my show, Johnny. You did not have one. Okay. I remember getting in the fetal position and everything. All right. Well, you do get in the fetal position, but let me tell you, it, it is the hurtiest thing I've ever had. <laughs> Even worse than giving birth? Oh, it's awful. It feels like they're just back there. Oh, it's awful. So anyway, that came back. This is this is the only complaint I have. They take a vial of fluid from your back, mm-hmm. and when it's all done and you roll over, this doctor says to me, oh, there was a little bit of extra, and we have studies about this, and you know, there's a team that works on this, and if you sign this paper, we can let them have the extra. Well, he had two vials in his hand, so I'm thinking, how the hell can there be extra? Yeah, what does that extra? There's extra spinal fluid that they took out of you? Wow. <laughs> you know what? Well, I'd like for them to just take what they need when they do that. That would be most appropriate. <laughs> so, But, you know, at that point, I would, if he wanted anything, I would have just said, yay, have oh, it. You know? Well, your head is literally spinning, and it must oh, also awful. have been figuratively spinning with all these diagnoses, and good Lord. So they then they put me in a room, and the nurse came in, and she said, your blood work is back. And she said, I have good news and bad news. You don't need an MRI. Great. And she said, you're toxic. Your dilantin level is four times what it usually is for you. So, you know, IVs and all that, and it's all done. The other thing that I had, this was, this was something that I commented last week as I went out for Mother's Day with my mother, and um, I had a transfusion the first time I was in there. Oh, oh, I forgot the first time I was in the hospital was because the doctor that did the biopsy of the gist was very aggressive and, in fact, started it bleeding so that I ended up in the hospital anemic. I didn't know about that part. Yeah, I was in three times up at Dartmouth. I just thought, can one more thing happen wrong? Well, it was, and you know, being on, you know, being a thousand miles away and getting the news through email updates from Dad, um, which were great. Although I do remember one day he sent uh, an email, and uh, it it said, "Hi everyone, uh, Mom's symptoms haven't subsided." So, and then just blank, and there was. <laughs> There was nothing more, and I'm calling Jenna and uh, Merrick and Matt, who are my siblings, uh, for the 
I know you know that, but uh, for the listener's sake. And uh, <laughs> Well, you can't be too sure, you know. Yeah. And uh, we're just frantically texting back and forth for the next two hours, and then finally Dad does follow up with the finished email. But uh, So I'm sitting here get, getting the updates throughout all these all these months, and it just seems like there's always another thing. You know, mom will be yeah. better in a week. Mom should be good. And you remember we were scheduling podcasts and canceling them for a number yeah. of weeks. And uh, yeah, it just felt like that was the most troubling part of it. The actual diagnosis, you know, when we knew exactly what it was, was right. not that uh, troubling, but just the fact that it always seemed to be something more. And it started to feel like, when is it going to end? And I imagine it must have been a hundred times more like that for you experiencing it. Yes. It really was. It really was. I just thought, well, you know, you think you're lucky, but I wouldn't count on that because, you know, there's going to, here comes another. Although at the same time, when I was in our local hospital, which I detest, um, uh, this was when the, the tumor was bleeding. And boy, I'll tell you, I could have done better at, at the vets, but there was a man whose house caught on fire and he ran back in to try to save his wife, and he was a curtain away from me. Him and me were the only ones in the emergency room, and they're intubating him, and they're trying to get a helicopter to come take him to Boston, and there's a snowstorm, and oh, my God, I thought, you know, I just kept thinking, you're not him. At least you're not him. Right, right. (laughs) But Uh, I always kept saying, but I still feel crappy. Uh, I do want to move on to our re- review soon, but I did want to ask you before we do that, um, has this changed your outlook on life at all? Do you have a changed well, perspective? it did. I thought I was going to turn into a very nice person. And, <laughs> you know, when I thought I was going to, but this past week um, is, has shown me that I am what I am. I'm like Popeye, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I am still very sarcastic and you know, willing to say something snotty or snide. And um, I just, you know, this is the way God made me. If, you know, if there is a God, you know, this is what he did. So I can't change that. Hey, well, he did it right, in my opinion. Um, Can I say one thing? Yes. Um, I had a little folder of special things and um, that I kept with me along the way, things that, (laughs) things that I would look at and cry. (laughs) But I got such a beautiful card from a man named David Dalrymple, and he lives in Canada, and I want him to know that his card traveled with me right through. I never, it never left my side um, after I received it, and I thought that was very lovely that he went to the trouble to find out where I was and to buy a card and send it to me. So I want to thank you, Dave, very much. Wow, that's that's fantastic. This is a mom on pop fan who uh, reached out right. to you. Yeah, and I know you got right. a lot and of many pe- people did on Twitter also. I want to say almost every day I would get a tweet from someone asking where is mom on pop, and you know I wanted to respect your privacy. I did talk about it a little in uh, uh, Prices Right piece that I put up on the site, but which I- somebody said was a eulogy, which scared the crap out. of me. <laughs> A eulogy. Well, I try. I tried to make it clear that you weren't on the verge of death, but I didn't, you know, the other thing is I didn't know. And that's why that day, especially when you were in surgery, which was the day I wrote that piece, was a very difficult one for me because I have never thought about my parents' mortality 
uh, that much. I have been lucky enough to live such a charmed life that I haven't had to right. think about that very much. And I think you don't have to worry about it because, you know, both my parents have lived into their 90s, and I have every intention of doing that, too. So. <laughs> well, but we're all going to go someday, you know, and I think it was... Oh, yeah. I think it was valuable for me to think about that. Not yet. Not yeah. yet. Happy thoughts. That's all we need. What the hell? We are all going to go sometime, so why worry about it? <laughs> well, really, that's the truth. It is the truth. I love it. All right. Well, we have a game show to talk about, shall we, Mom? Oh, yeah. What? Don't you want to anymore? Oh, no, I do. I just, I, yeah, I'm, I really do. Okay. You didn't sound very enthusiastic. Well, I don't know. I think the prices rate has slipped a little. Oh, really? Okay, here we go. We are talking about The Price is Right. The current incarnation of The Price is Right is in its 43rd season and its eighth with Drew Carey as host. The show is an hour-long extravaganza of light, color, noise, and pricing games like Hole in One, a mini-golf challenge played for a car. This is for a $14,000 car, folks. Get in there. Here it goes. Looks good. You got it. The Price is Right airs at 11 a.m. in the Eastern Time Zone and 10 a.m. everywhere else on most CBS affiliates. Mom, last week was Socially Awesome Week on Price, so what did you think of all those tweets and twits? Hated it. Hated it. I thought that was so annoying. Who cares? Uh, Everybody writing on there, want to see Plinko, Plinko, Plinko. Okay. So tell the listeners what uh, what Socially Awesome Week entailed. Well, here's what I think it entailed. Showing people's tweets on a running stream on the bottom. Right, on a crawl. And they gave, yeah. away, and they gave away one crazy, crappy prize every day that was very uh, weird. <laughs> That's what I thought. Not every day. What they was did. it? What was it? I just didn't even know. Uh, what was Socially Awesome Week? There was nothing Socially Awesome, so I want to know what they think was socially, socially Awesome. Well, uh, you and I diverge on this because I loved Socially Awesome Week. I was yeah. thrilled with it. When I tuned in on Monday and I saw those tweets start to crawl against the bottom, uh, over, over the bottom of the screen, I thought, oh boy, this is just cluttering up the screen. But I loved it because I love The Price is Right as a communal experience. And I just loved seeing the tweets react to the crazy idiot who bid $200 on a prize in the Cliffhangers game. I know! (laughs) And I loved the, there was one tweet that said, uh, a nursing home here in Utah doesn't believe that a tweet can make it all the way from here to... Price is Right in Hollywood, and they put that on, and I, I don't know, I just loved feeling other people participate in, in it, and I think that's what the Drew Carey Price is Right has become. It's really the, and you know, I wrote this in my piece, which I know you read, right. but I, you know, the Bob Barker Price is Right was really about Bob at the center of this craziness, and yeah. Drew's style is really more of a communal, hey, we're all having fun in this, you know, in this craziness. <laughs> I mean, it's been crazy the whole time, but they handle right, it differently. All right, I've used the word crazy quite enough. Yeah, now. yeah. I hated it. I because, you know, I'm 62. I multitask, so I'm knitting. I'm watching the show, and I'm trying to read the the banners at the bottom. You know, that's a lot for me to be doing. 
And I don't really need to see somebody saying, Plinko, Plinko, Plinko. I I think the nursing home thing is pretty cute, but uh, for the most part, it was like, oh, why? And, And I think this is probably what you like. Oh, why did she bid that? You know, so that you you have the comfort of knowing that one other person out there was thinking the same thing as you. <laughs> you know. Well, I assume. Hey, that- I'm a cancer survivor. I don't need that shit. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, did you end up ignoring ignoring the tweets because they're pretty easy to ignore if you just want to pay attention to the show? Yeah, I did. But first, I had to figure out what they were. You see what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. They didn't explain it very much. And I, because they probably explained it Monday, and I didn't see it Monday. Um, that said, I have to say I was so disappointed with the, with the prizes. There was one game, Danger Price. Mm-hmm. The girl, the I think it was a girl, got on stage after she won an air hockey table, and then they had the four prizes, pick three that are not the Danger Price. Right. And the prizes were a convection oven, a karaoke machine an inflatable paddleboard, and a bar. And, you know, I would have paid them to keep all those crappy <laughs> Um Now, you remind me of Graham right now, who I used to watch The Price is Right with Graham, your mother, and uh, <laughs> she would always say, oh, I don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> which, yeah. which would drive me a little crazy as a kid because I just wanted everything to be fabulous. Um, right. And, uh, but I do that now, too. I'd say, oh, what would I do with that? But I almost think it's funnier when the prizes are kind of useless. Do you? A convection oven. My God, nobody wants that. I don't think so. They did give away a, a MacBook Air. Yeah, I mean, they do have some good prizes. But for the overall, overall, I, I was um, underwhelmed. By the prizes. Well, although, and, and, you know, the woman that won um, luggage to get on stage and then had the chance to win a Mediterranean cruise, she played cliffhangers. And um, if you watch it, if you watch the show, you know that the prizes start out at, you know, 20 or $30. Exactly. And, yes. And so she bid $200 on this little sound machine that's, you know, it's as big as an electric razor. And Drew couldn't really stop laughing. I enjoyed that very much because I loved seeing the the mountain climber go right up and right over. <laughs> that was entertainment to me. <laughs> oh yeah, the, that's the only game where sometimes you root for the contestant to lose because you just Every love time. hearing the smash noise and the yes. yeah. <laughs> so tweets aside, what do you think of Drew? I think he's excellent. I, I, I think he knows how to, he has great timing. He knows what he's doing. He knows the games. I think he's fabulous. I love him as much as I could love any non-Bob Barker host of The Price Agreed. is Right. I Agreed. Think, I agree. I think he's fantastic. I think he was not very good for the first couple of years. And uh, I, I spent a little time away from the show because I got, I just was frustrating to watch him. Yeah. And then when I came back to it, it's just like the game, first of all, the game had absorbed him because now he cares. He understands which games are the tough ones and what's, you yeah. know, the tricks to all of them. And he sort of helps the contestants. He knows how to set them up. You, you're absolutely right. His rhythm is excellent. And his rhythm yeah. is distinctive. It's not a Bob Barker rhythm. Agreed. It's really more uh, sort of jokey and 
Like he's putting an elbow in your ribs sometime, you know? He's yeah. like, hey, can you yeah. believe this? Uh, right. Well, I think that's what he, that's how he was playing cliffhangers. He wasn't, he wasn't making fun of the contestant. He was just mildly chuckling. Yeah, he seemed a little annoyed with the contestant, really, which I also Did like. you think so? Yeah, he gets, um, you know, there was a show a couple of weeks ago where there were just a bunch of bad players, people who didn't know how to play their games, and Drew was getting kind of grumpy about it. And mm. I loved that, because Bob always used to get grumpy, too, with bad players. And <laughs> <laughs> what I love it because it shows that they're invested in the game, you know, and that's what you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do have a question for you. Mm-hmm. What in the hell is a hashtag cube? <laughs> oh, that's yeah, that's that little um, prize they gave away that looks like the Instagram icon, and it just shows you basically you put your Instagram account in this little photo display frame, and it um, just constantly uh, displays photos from your feed. Do you know what I mean? Are you on Instagram? Do you know what the Instagram is? Um, I click onto Instagram from Twitter. Right. So Instagram is like Twitter, but for photos, right? Um, So you would have people you follow on Instagram, and you'd plug that into this little cube, and it would display the photos, just like a digital photo frame, but it uh, goes off your Instagram feed. Well, it's a cube. It's not a frame, Johnny. (laughs) It's not even a cube. And everyone got one. I thought it would be better if you could use it also as a bird feeder, (laughs) because I just would, you know, do you not have enough? social media in your life that now you have to have this thing flashing at you. I don't know. I'm sure I don't get it. I, I, okay, but oof. Well, I'm sorry I made you watch Socially Awesome Week, but I did, I did love it. <laughs> All right. I love seeing we'll the community. We'll agree to disagree on that one. So I wanted to, uh, you watch Thursday and Friday's show, so I was wondering if I could go th- just shoot some games off to you and uh, get your, how, what you think of them, you know, whether you like okay, them, whether you yeah. hate them. Ready? Yeah. Um, so let's see. We play. Oh, and let me say, they didn't play Rat Race. That is my favorite right after Plinko. Oh, you just missed it. They played it on Wednesday, I think. Oh, crap. Did the person win? Uh, they did not, no. I'm going to have to put this back on my TiVo feed. I think you might. And now you just, you mentioned uh, Plinko's your favorite. Plinko's my favorite, Okay, yeah. and so talk about Plinko a little. Well, you go to the top of the stairs and there's a board that has spikes in it and you you drop a cube. One by chip, small. not a cube. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm you're still, still in the Instagram that. world. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to be hip, you know? Yeah. Um, the discs that you can win by pricing smaller gifts. Right. And then you go up a set of stairs, and here's this board that is set at a slant, and it has at the bottom uh, a $10,000 spot, and then what are the others, 500 uh, It's got 100 500 1000 and then on either side of the uh, $10,000 slot are zeros. Oh, that's right. I forgot there yeah. were zeros. Yeah, yeah. so that's, that's the tension. When you're right on that edge of the 10000 one, you could also get nothing. So you drop your your little disc in, and it bounces its way through the spikes. Not spikes. The no, I'm just going to call yeah, them yeah. Spikes. spikes. And it, it bounces. They kind of bounce from side to side, and they can go clear across, and they end at the bottom. And whatever slot they get in, that's your money. And why do you love this one? I have no idea. <laughs> I just I love the sound that the discs make. I love the. Yes. 
the tension that's created when it bounces down because it can really, um, it can almost go straight down it, or it can almost bounce all over the, the board. It's, it's very exciting. It's, it's always startling, isn't it? How much range, sometimes it'll be over on the edge and then all of a sudden it squirts over to the middle. Yeah. Um, and I was watching uh, this with Anna the other night, and uh, she asked me, why is Plinko the most popular game? Which it is by far, um, even though it's not... I love it. It's not my favorite, but I love it. Right. And I said, I really think it's the motion of the chip. I think it's just the motion of the chip, even though you've seen it a thousand times, is still exciting. And I love that you brought up the sound that it makes, too, which is so essential. That plinkety-plunk. I mean, they named the yeah. game after it, which is genius. So, so you're saying that we're the that those of us that have that as our favorite game are like kitty cats watching the fish on the string. We all are. I am too. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, what is your favorite game? My favorite game changes from time to time, but I really have a hankering for Master Key right now. Do you know that one? I yeah, I do. Yeah, with the three three locks and yeah, yeah. the key can open all of them. Or that's, one of them. That's right. Or none of them. Yep. <laughs> that's right. You remember it exactly. Uh, yeah, I miss Master Key. Uh, but uh, but they did not play that. Let me give you another game that they played here. Uh, check Game. This is a classic. Oh, and <laughs> I don't know if you remember this, but when, when they first started to play that game, nobody, nobody could understand Nobody understood it. it. Yeah. Bob always, yeah. Bob would always have to launch into these laborious rule explanations and people would still have oh. no idea. And I, for some reason, it really was confusing. <laughs> what are the rules as you understand them? The rules that I, as I understand them are, here's the prize. Um, it's a boat. And you have to write the check for adding. You have to, well, you, yes. a check which is cash. <laughs> you have to write the check for an amount that would include the boat and the cash between a range that they have specified. Right. So the range now today, it used to be, I think, 20, uh, I think it started at maybe 2,000 to 2,500 or something like that. But now it's seven to to 8,000. And yeah, you have to add your check to the prize and end up in that range. It's really simple addition, but uh, it's just hard to explain. As you demonstrated, you kind of trip over yourself explaining it. You (laughs) do. You do. And I think she missed it just by a small amount. That she was did. very sad. She went too low. You got to go at least 2000 in check game. If you're feeling I tri- thought she put 2500. No, she put like a 15 or 1250, I think. Oh. Yeah. So she came in low. If you're in doubt, write 2000. Good to know if I ever get on the game. Uh, that's too much. I don't really like that game. I hate it. That is my least favorite car game. It's just a little too, it's like, well, do you, it simplifies down to, do you think the car is 20,000, some gobbledygook numbers, 21,000, you know, it's just, I don't know, I just, there's not much game in it. Yeah, um, the, the game is, it's a row of prices that Drew reveals one by one, and as soon as you see a price that's, uh, they escalate, and as soon as you see a price that you think is more than the car price, you have to yell, that's too much to stop the game. Um, but it's just not that exciting to me. No, it isn't. And I know that that game also used to frustrate Bob Barker because people would say, oh, stop there. 
<laughs> he wanted them to yell. That's too much. He insisted that they yell. Yeah, Drew doesn't insist on that anymore. That's probably for the best. Probably, yeah. It just creates bitterness, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um. What about Double Cross? This is one of the newer games. Oh, you know what? I had not seen that game. And I had to um, go back and watch. <laughs> Sorry. I had to go back and watch three times before I actually understood. <laughs> most figures change and it's, you know, it's crossing over. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of possibilities. There's only four you know, possibilities. In that game. Really. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's this big X-shaped touchscreen with all these numbers on it, and you slide the range until both prizes are lighting up the correct numbers on this big X. I think it's cool. Don't you think it's a cool very prop? Oh, yeah, yeah, I thought it was very flashy. What, but what is the... Now, I've, I might have this written, a 4D TV, 4K TV? 4K TV, yeah. What is that? It's uh, uh, it's an HD TV, but with double the uh, resolution, double the pixels of uh, an HD TV. I got old while I was away, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's hardly any programming for them. It's really it's a novelty at this point. Oh, is that right? Uh, it's. I mean, I'm sure it'll be the way of the future someday, but it's really there's it's it's not a big deal right now. You do yeah. not need to run out and get a 4K TV. Okay. All right. Uh, hey, I'm still trying to learn how to run the TV up in the bedroom. <laughs> it was sad. Every time Dad left for the day, I said, put the TV on before you go, because I don't know how to... You have to push, like, four different... Two different two different handheld things, and... Ugh, anyway, I don't know. I still don't know how to run that TV. As many months as I spent up in that bedroom, I still don't know how to run the TV. <laughs> and now, I'm not that dumb. Uh, you and I used to watch a lot of Prices Right when I was little. Every day. Uh, now, what did you think of this boy who was obsessed with this game show? What did it make you think of me? Because, you know, I was really into it, and it didn't really go, it never went away. Obviously, I'm still talking about it. I really didn't think anything of it. You know, I had two boys before you, and I could see how people get, people, how how kids get into something, and they're just... Right into it everybody has a little something and this was your thing you know the game shows and especially Price is Right was your thing and it just was part of our daily routine watch some TV have lunch go outside take a nap it just was part of our day I just didn't think very much of it I thought it I thought it was fascinating the degree of your uh, devotion so much so that I think you were Four when you called Bob Barker on the telephone. <laughs> I tried to at least. That? Yes, I do. Yes, they I do. They were very nice to you. They were very nice, and they uh, said Mr. Barker doesn't take phone calls, which I just didn't understand. You know, especially he didn't want to talk to you. Yeah, his biggest fan. Really. I was quite stunned by that. Yeah, and then of course there's the infamous. Um, uh, Bob Barker autograph incident, which I've shared <laughs> on avclub.com yeah. before, uh, when your uh, monstrous friend brought back a, uh, from her trip to the Price is Right, she brought back an autographed photo of Bob Barker made out to Jenna, because Jenna. she could not remember which yeah. of your children was obsessed with the Price is Right. Jenna, who was what, two at the time? I mean, honestly. Right, and could have cared less. 
Oh, it's funny, Lord. actually, because she 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 gave you she gave our family this gift that caused such turmoil for you, <laughs> and you know, kind of left it and went on her merry way. Yeah. And here we are. Here's my son reduced to a puddle of crap, and <laughs> Jenna has something that she could care less. She doesn't about. even want. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. Yeah. Well, you you know, I, as I wrote in my piece, I it means a lot to me as an adult that you were very matter of fact about my nerdy uh, TV obsessions. And, you know, to the degree that I didn't understand why any, like I didn't understand my classmates who didn't want to be a game show host. I was fine with it because it meant less competition for me, but I didn't under, especially I didn't understand why anybody wouldn't want to be on TV because my God, TV, that is just, that was just the ultimate and I um, remember, you remember when I was in the Spelling Bee, of course. Um, oh, yeah. In the National Spelling Bee. And uh, I remember all the all the kids in the National Spelling Bee had to um, fill out these questionnaires. And one of the questions was, uh, who is your hero? And uh, I remember getting to the registration desk. And the once the woman found out my name, she said, oh, you're the one who said Bob Barker was your hero. And like one of the other ladies came back and they both wanted to meet me. They just thought it was the most hilarious thing. And I, it was kind of a watershed moment for me because like I asked like, well, what did other people put? And it was, you know, stuff like Neil Armstrong or John F. Kennedy. And uh, I was so, I was you know, not upset, but I was so thrown by that because I just thought, like, what kind of heroes are those? You know, <laughs> those yeah. those people weren't really on TV. <laughs> they weren't really? TV people. Why are they your heroes? Um, so, yeah, it was really an adjustment of perspective. But it was because you were always so matter of fact about it. And you let me be a nerd. That's who you were. You know, I think that and I both thought, I mean, I'm pretty sure this is common knowledge, but, you know, the fact that Matt and Merrick played soccer, you know, I think Dad said, oh, my God, soccer, I could give a rat's ass about that. And, you know, he went to a couple games, and I tried to go to quite a few games and really didn't enjoy many moments of them at all. Oh, they were so boring. But that was their thing, Yeah, you know? What what are you going to do? My favorite story, though, about The Price is Right is the fact that I was going to use a ticket from the show in your baby book to to make a, you know, something because it was so, uh, such a big thing in your life. Maybe not your baby book, maybe a, maybe a scrapbook. Right. You used to be able to send away for, uh, you would mail in for tickets. Right. I don't know how you do it now. I guess you know. And when the show was over with Bob Barker, Tickets were very, very difficult to get. And I, of course, in my most loving, motherly way, never made the scrapbook. <laughs> and so I, but I still had the ticket. And it allowed you and somebody else, I guess, Merrick? Merrick, Who yeah. Merrick went To go me. to the show. They still honored that ticket. Um, yeah, I mean, it was amazing because by then they had stopped. They used to give out tickets and it was just admission to any taping of The Price is Right, you know. It, mm-hmm. um, and then for years and years before Bob retired, uh, they switched to a system where you got a ticket for a specific day, 
right? But they did say we will still honor these tickets floating around out there. So yeah, I showed up with this 20-year-old ticket, admission good for any any taping of The Price is Right, and they didn't even blink. They just snapped it right up. Yeah. So you see, there's nothing wrong with that cupboard that's stuck stuffed full of crap. Because <laughs> that's where that ticket was. That's the truth, because those were impossible to come by. Tickets were impossible to come by at that point. And you were right up front where we, we could see you a lot. Well, yeah, because I was there for, I you know, slept over for almost 24 hours I was out there. And a lot of people were there for longer, but we were pretty high up in line. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's one of my fondest memories of that, because I just think it's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> It's a testament to your great mothering, which I think is maybe <laughs> the real reason you love that. That's right. My housekeeping is just, uh, yeah, well, we won't go there. But, you know, we <laughs> loved all the game shows. We loved them all. Yeah, we did. I loved watching them with you. And uh, the whole time you were sick and when I was having some sad days... Um, and I was worried about you, it would bring me great comfort to watch The prices, Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I watched for four months? What? I watched all, I think, nine seasons of Everyone Loves Raymond. Everybody Loves Raymond. Oh, Lord. And then I, wa- and I'll tell you, I saw all nine seasons at least ten times, and then I switched to the middle. So, um, I guess oh, Patricia boy, Heaton. Oh, a lot of Patricia <laughs> Good Lord, you really... I can play everyone's part, yeah. You must be the world expert on Patricia Heaton's work, yeah. But it was just very soothing, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So now I'm back to all kinds of weird stuff. But, you know, you do find these things that are soothing to you and reminiscent of laying on the couch and having your mother bring you cinnamon toast and... uh, Yeah, exactly. And into the breakfast and... And I think Price is Right is is that for a lot of people. Yes, yes, and and I think that that came through... When you wrote that column, that so many comments were, I remember watching with my grandmother, I remember watching being home from school, and it, it really was a, a connecting memory for a lot of people. Yeah, and I was, uh, I loved that uh, that comment thread. Oh, Good it was stuff. wonderful, wasn't it? Yeah. People were so nice. Except for the people, people were who so were nice. signing your death certificate. Yes, thank you so much, but not yet. <laughs> not going to do it. Okay, so next time on Mom on Pop, we have some uh, unfinished business to get yeah. back to. We have a contest. <laughs> what, did it, what was it, a New Year's contest that we did? Which I'm sure by now everyone could enter. Oh, yeah. Uh. <laughs> Happy New Year 2015, so we'll take care of that. And uh, I know we also have a Strange Inheritance. You know, I promised the people at the uh, channel, I forget what channel that's on, Fox Business, I think. I promised the people we'd review that on the podcast. They sent us screeners and everything. And uh, this poor woman uh, kept, you know, there wasn't a lot of interest in this uh, somewhat obscure reality show, you know. So when she got a press inquiry from the AV Club, she <laughs> she followed right up on it and she hooked me up, you know. And I was just, I said, thank you, thank you. This is, this is great. Um, and she just kept emailing me like, when's it going to happen? And I felt so sorry for this person. So we should review Strange Inheritance next time. Okay. Can you send me that thing? I will, I will, yeah. Hey, you know, think the wheels really fell off here, you know? <laughs> I don't know. I don't blame you one bit. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, Mom, it's good to have you back on the podcast. 
Oh, I'm so happy to be back. And thank you, thank you, thank you to all the listeners that really over the months just didn't forget us. And it's, it just warms my heart. I just can't thank them all enough. It was, it was wonderful yes, and I thoughtful. Was. I was very moved by it as well. All right. Well, we will be back with another edition of Mom on Pop in two weeks. For Bonnie Tatey, I'm John Tatey. So long for now. <laughs> <laughs>